Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. Here's, here's the thing. We're not, we've established multiple times, especially in the last episode of us doing in corrections of all the stuff we got wrong. We've established that we are not good at movie trivia. No, no. And no. the easiest thing to pull to, the easiest thing to do a cold open about here is the movie Battle Los Angeles. But as far as I know, neither of us have seen it. I have seen it. Oh, you have seen it. Yeah. You just I, don't remember it. Oh, I do remember it. Um, oh. I went to, um, when I was this, because remember, I think I said a, a little while back that, uh, when I lived in Quebec, there was only ever like one English movie in the movie theater at any given time. And I also have a friend who has, uh, he's a very close friend. We're still friends because he moved to London. Uh, so we still like hang out regularly, but he has the worst taste in movies ever. Mm-hmm. Like he genuinely liked and appreciated the Warcraft movie. Warcraft. I didn't see that one. It was bad. He likes the world of Warcraft one. There was a, a world of Warcraft one. movie. It was terrible. Okay. Um, but I trust you. His basically his theory on movies is that if he can go and see a movie and if yeah. he can eat popcorn while watching a movie, he doesn't particularly yes. care if the movie is any good. He just likes the experience of being in a dark room and eating popcorn. Eating popcorn. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an incredibly valid way to way to enjoy any kind of media. Is this an excuse for me to eat fists full of the world's oiliest popcorn? Oiliest, saltiest popcorn. If so, I'm enjoying it. That's all that I want. Yeah. So so we went, so he took us to go see battle la and mm-hmm. it was bad like it was bad so LA. so like the thing is like when this this kind of comes up with stranger things where like all all the songs that stranger things listens to and all the movies they reference are all like the bangers of the 80s that we remember 40 years later but like yeah uh really like there were just as many like you know crap movies that and like you know 99 on the top 100 songs that came out in those times we just don't remember them and i feel like battle la was one of those yeah i I've not seen it. I did look up some movie trivia around it that I would love to share with you really quickly. Sure. Um, also, th- this was a this was a movie about aliens, wasn't it? Yes, it's basically aliens. Okay. Aliens invade Los Angeles and. Uh, the brave and great people of the U.S. Marine Corps, P.S. Join the Marines, uh, go and do Marines stuff 
to kill aliens and save the Earth. And also, you should join the Marines. That was basically the thesis of the movie. Now, you say it was a bad movie, but it did grow. Did you know this? It grossed over $13 million in its opening day. That's uh, which bad, was, isn't it? That's really on. bad. You say it's bad. You say it's bad. What was the budget of this movie? A lot. It was 70 to $80 million. So it didn't get it back in the opening day, but it did. It wasn't a flop. It made it back eventually. You say it was bad, but it actually was the best opening day uh, for movies in 2011 until Fast Five came out, which was uh, just the best. It's so good. Um, I would like to point out that the movies it was going against were uh, Red Riding Hood, the grim dark one with Amanda Seyfried. Uh, I, I never I saw vaguely that recall that. And also the hit, the hit Disney classic Mars Needs Moms. So Uh-oh. it didn't have great competition. And then it did, it did lose its number one spot a week later when uh, everyone's favorite movie about an animated reptile. I never know. When Rango came out, you remember Rango? You remember hit movie Rango? I feel like this is the first time I've ever heard that word in my life. You know, the movie where the movie? Johnny Depp Johnny Depp plays a lizard or a gecko or something. That's that's the that's the Quentin Tarantino movie where he kills a bunch of slave owners. Rango <laughs> yeah, Rango Unchained. Rango Unchained, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> Um, I will tell I just just to say my 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 movie um my movie experience. I saw The Iron Giant for the first time last week. Yeah. I okay, so I saw The Iron Giant when I was a kid and I fell asleep in the, the my entire family fell asleep in the in the movie theater. So I always grew up thinking everyone hated this movie. Come come to find out it's actually many people's favorite movie. So I need to watch it as an adult and I need to It's the kind of movie that you would good. make a video about, I think. Yeah, I've heard people describe it as it's a movie about like if a gun could talk. Is that accurate? What if E.T. was a three story tall killer robot? OK, see, it's it's making it sound good. Why did I fall asleep in the theater? I don't know. Why, did, also... I fall, why did I fall asleep like it was Battle L.A.? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm making a concerted effort in 2023 to watch more movies. So I yes. like I'm going to watch this. I next I'm going to watch um, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, please do. I watched the it's first like good. 20 minutes of it. And I'm like, this is good. But then I got, I had other things to do. So I will get back to it. Yeah, that's fine. You got to have the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Can I give you one final fact about Battle LA? Um, okay. And it's, and it's just because, so I wanted to look up if it won any awards because we keep saying it's a bad movie. It did win an award. Um, oh, was it a Razzie? It was not a Razzie. It was a BMI TV music award, okay. which I guess is a, an award for music in some capacity. It did win that award. Award. I don't know anything about this award show. Don't even know if it's a show. It is it, on Wikipedia. It gives you like a, a table of all like the awards, the categories, the nominees and the result. This one has no category. So I don't know if they just forgot or if there is no category and it just won like a music award. Wow. So the music must be good. So this is the kind of movies that um, 10 years later you don't remember because 
they weren't they were not only bad but they weren't bad in an interesting way yeah like there are like like what's it called it wasn't like the room or like there are some there are some bad movies that are like like a star wars prequel or something like that right yeah like it's bad in a way that it's so bad that like you you kind of want to watch it just to be like what the hell happened like whoa i gotta see this is this is gonna be wild this one just sort of looks is it looks gray um so anyway what we're gonna be we're gonna talk about something that's vague that's vaguely connected to this kind of actually there's a little bit there's a little bit of a connection but um first of all um this is uh as far as i can recall we keep forgetting a podcast This is a podcast. I, you know, I want to keep, I want to go into this year with, with more confidence. This is a podcast. Did you see that somebody made a bar graph of how long our intros have gotten episode by episode? And it's, did someone do that? uh, They did part of it. I haven't seen the completed thing, but um, it's, it's, that's good. We need people. We need, we, yeah, we need more, we need more data about our show. That, that would be very fun for me. Thank you for doing that. This is a podcast, everybody, as we keep saying about ancient aliens and about ancient astronaut theory, debunking conspiracy theories, and at the same time, looking into the really cool history of people, places, events, artifacts, all of these cool things. And uh, I'm one of the hosts of this show. Uh, my name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing. I had to, I don't even know what award Battle LA won. I was, I'm one click away from finding out and I don't even want to do it. <laughs> My name is Tristan Johnson, and I, I I somehow do this. This one, this this is one. This is one of the big ones. I will say that this is uh, uh, as we are doing a sort of crawl through of Ancient Aliens. This is one of the last bits of season one of Ancient Aliens. So we That's are right. we Get are sort of, of coming here. up on a threshold. This one, and I think the next one that we're doing next week are both they're sort of related, and also they're part of uh, this. But we are basically spending uh, today. We're spending a bit of time in the second world war ii the second world war ii yeah there so there was a first world war ii then yeah. they had a sequel world war ii two, and now we're in that one yeah so <laughs> we're talking about if you think about it there kind of was two world war twos there was the the one that started in 36 and ended in 45 and the one that ended started in 39 and ended in 45 um if you think about if you really think about it i just i want to add some context to, to something to to you know uh, us saying that we're go we're almost through season one of of ancient aliens just a little just some quick follow-up context there were only five episodes mm-hmm. in season one yep so and then other seasons have 10 12 15 22 season four really went for that 22 episode route so we're going to be doing this podcast for a while. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to be we're going to be old men in retirement mm-hmm. homes getting mad at an episode <laughs> of a podcast, an episode of a TV show that came out in 2016 or something. We'll still be going. But yeah, like today we're we're doing um one of the this is probably like one of like the biggest UFO events that's considered like one of the most incontrovertible UFO yeah. sightings ever. That's interesting that you say that because I don't I've never heard of this. I don't think. So what is this? What happened? So this was the Battle of Los Angeles. And that's the name of the, um, that's how, that's how the Battle of LA. Thing, that's how that's the, the Battle connection. of LA came out. Okay. So that was a, not a documentary, of course, because it didn't originally, it, the real, the real Battle of LA did not have Aaron Eckhart in it, but it was a reenactment of a real event is what you're saying. It, not even that. It was like, it basically no. just took the name of a UFO event and then had another movie that took place in oh. Los Angeles. 
it was just trying to it was trying to capitalize on the name Battle of L.A. Yes, that's how it beat out Mars Needs Moms. I see. Is the the aliens? Um, they needed mm-hmm. an out alien. Either way, basically what this is is the idea that this major event that happened in 1942 in Los Angeles was uh, a government cover up, and I'll kind of get into the the little bits about what it is, but basically that there was. Uh, a big fight where a bunch of anti-aircraft guns went off in the middle of the night in LA and people claim that they saw like a big disc shaped object in the sky and that there was a moment where literally all of the searchlights were pointing at this UFO and like everybody saw it with like all of this vision and then uh, it dis and then uh, the battle ended and the government said it was a weather balloon and uh, (laughs) of course they did of course they did Mm-hmm. Now you did attach here in the in the outline a what looks to be a newspaper mm-hmm. uh, a newspaper the article about it the L.A. Times of course they would know about it they're also in L.A. Uh, and it there are, there are photos of like the lights pointed at something like the searchlights all pointed at some unified pointing at something mm-hmm. in the sky uh, which looks really interesting but I couldn't tell you what they're pointing at so according to ancient aliens and UFO people they believe that this is either aliens or it is right. some sort of advanced you know Area 51-esque technology cover up that was covered up yeah mm-hmm. um, so they, the way that they talk about this is that you know you can't explain all the people all the eyewitnesses so many eyewitnesses right and at the same time there was a con context of uh during world war ii people seeing ufos which they called foo fighters uh which is going to be the the sub like the band yeah and we're going to talk about foo fighters next week so uh that's sort of like that's our sort of world war ii two-parter right cool so there was like all there was so the the world war ii pilots were seeing things reportedly that this uh this big battle happened and everyone was looking at it so like how could you possibly controvert this this is a ufo that literally got shot at by anti-aircraft guns yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the pictures right now. Uh, so, so um, first, let's start with like the story about what happened, the facts of the stuff that happened. Yeah, hit me with it. So, on the evening of uh, February 23rd, 1942, uh, there were some uh, radar reports and such going back and forth that were tr- basically warning that there was a possible Japanese attack coming to the American West Coast. This is uh, very soon, like. Uh, you know, just a couple months after Pearl Harbor and America had just declared just a few months earlier, declared war against the emperor empire of Japan. So, you know, uh, three years into world war two, the U S decides to finally, uh, or two years into world war two, the U S decides to finally join in, you know, as the American on this podcast, uh, I just have to say, you know, maybe I, I, we're, we're like, uh, we're like wizards, right. You know, what Gandalf says, we show up right only only when whatever whatever he's you know what i'm trying to say we show up right the best time the we show up always at the right time all that we need to yep that's that's exactly like word for word that was verbatim yep um tolkien what a wordsmith um tolkien tolkien said wizards are like tolkien said that gandalf said wizards are like america we show up when (laughs) we show up exactly when we're needed 
Uh, yep. Or when we want to. Exactly. Uh, so, so basically what happened was is that this happened and meant that a lot of large cities on the California coast uh, went into a sort of alert, which means that they were all uh, like on the lookout for possible bombing raids happening from the Japanese. Uh, there had been some sightings in the last few weeks of Japanese submarines off the coast of the Pacific oh, coast. So okay, okay. this was not unheard of. But then uh, around 10, 11 o'clock at night, the, um, they, the, they basically determined that this was not a Japanese bombing run and they decided to um, you know, shut down the alarms and everything like that. So then it's very weird that uh, at about 2 a.m. in Los Angeles yeah. that night, the mm-hmm. air raid siren started going off. Okay. And in doing so, that meant that, you know, all of the air defense went on full alert. They uh, they started firing anti-aircraft batteries, which are like massive guns Huge. that fire like flak, which is like basically like big shells that are designed big to bullets. blow up airplanes, right? Yeah. And they started firing over the city at what they saw was at some sort of object, possibly one with lights. Uh, and that for several minutes, the people of Los Angeles, by the way, at this time, because of the air raid threat, they had everybody turn off their lights. So the city was completely dark and oh. there's just explosions happening as these like, anti-aircraft guns are firing into the skies yeah. over L.A. So there's no chance that anybody's asleep. So And there's oh. nothing to do because all the power's out. So you just are looking at your window while like people are like, are we being bombed right now by the Japanese? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's probably terrifying. Definitely. Um, so people were worried about shell bursts go- or people were seeing shell bursts going off the sky. And this lasted until about 316 in the morning. So almost an hour. Wow. And then uh, and, and then everything went quiet. And then the government said nothing. Said nothing. Um, after the incident, the you mi- got to say something. Yeah. Uh, so the military made a statement saying that there was an unknown aircraft that had been fired upon, but that there was but that no evidence of a crashed or damaged aircraft had ever had been found. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, way too long for people's speculations to not go completely out of control. Right. The government right, pointed right. out that it was probably a weather balloon that set off their their that like you know, the- their, their their radar detection. It's probably a weather balloon was going to be the, was the alternate title of this podcast. Yeah, it's probably a weather balloon. It's a weather balloon reflecting off some swamp gas. Mm-hmm. So obviously um, not exactly a thing that people bought really well. No. I mean, especially, I mean, yeah, it's got to be terrifying in the middle of the night to, to hear all those explosions and to see all those explosions in the sky. And then to hear like nothing, just silence, y- your mind's going to wander. You're going to think something's being covered up. Uh, the newspapers didn't really make a big, like they didn't report on it because of like wartime censorship stuff. And right. so they did. So like the journalists didn't go out and like interview people or anything like that. But there were people whose eyewitness accounts came out later where they said they saw a like, you know, cylindrical object in the sky and they saw lights and it moved in impossible ways and all those kinds of things that seem to show up when you interview people years after an event years later <laughs> yeah all the all, where your mind is you're you're making up details you're adding things subtracting things and you're just mm-hmm. trying to tell the the most interesting story that you can and uh but but this event has become a staple of ufo mythology and considered one of the most credible ufo sightings because so many people saw it happen 
Yeah. So that's the main thing. The main piece of evidence is that so many people saw uh, eyewitnesses of the thing. But mm-hmm. the main problem with that is that there's a lot of inconsistencies in these eyewitness accounts. Okay. For example, well, well, yeah, yeah. What were they saying? Well, for example, a lot of the people who said UFO stuff said they saw large disc-shaped objects with lights. But a lot of people pointed out that they this this disc-shaped object was probably like what looked like to them was a blimp or a balloon-like mm-hmm. object. All right. But the thing is that in the wildness of speculation, some of the things that they thought the U.S. were covering up, because there's like a different government cover-up theory going on at the same time, that there were also people who said that they saw tons of Japanese fighters, that they saw like airplanes. Like some people claim they saw as many as 25 different Japanese airplanes and claim that they saw like... You know, that, that things got bombed and fired upon and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Some people even claim they saw paratroopers. And there were some people who were, like, uh, looking around for uh, for any, like, landed paratroopers, which um, oh. is extremely problematic because uh, this was in the context of the American war in the Pacific, which meant that, um, I don't know yep. if you know yep. much about American no, history at this point, but, uh, but basically mm-hmm. uh, on orders from the government, uh, a lot of the Japanese Americans who lived in places like L.A. were... Uh, taken to concentration camps uh, yep. sort of further off the coast. And so you can imagine Japanese uh, the, the rumors that there's Japanese paratroopers hiding somewhere in L.A. is not going to um, not be a be great, great thing for the, what Japanese no. people are left uh, in the city, right? No, everyone's going to everyone's just going to be like. I don't remember seeing that person around the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no good. And let's just say that your average uh, white American in the 1940s was also not that able to tell the difference between Japanese and Chinese people. Um, yeah, that too. Um, not great. Not yeah. great. Which is which is also why, uh, if you can believe it, it's a part of American history. They really, they really don't teach you in school. I will say, kind of, embar- kind of embarrassed about it. Two things. One, uh, Canada did it too, so yeah. we're not off the hook on that one. And one of our most famous environmental activists, David Suzuki, actually uh, was a, was a survivor of that. Uh, another thing, uh, another famous survivor of the Japanese internment camps was uh, George Takei. Yeah. Mr. Sulu himself. That's um, right. And yeah, basic, almost uh, almost every uh, Japanese American who is older than a certain age probably has some experience with this uh, if they live yep. on the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, so a- another interesting fact about this is that this, this I did not know I was going to get into fortune cookies in this episode, but uh, mm-hmm. fortune cookies were like a Jap, are, are like kind of now a uh, staple of Chinese restaurants but they're an American invention right? kind of they're they were a Japanese restaurant invention they're a Japanese thing okay but then when all of the Japanese people were uh, forced out of their homes and taken to these internment camps a lot of Chinese families moved in and like took over the restaurants and so they kind of like adopted the fortune cookie as part of like their their thing it's it's just a little little bit there see Iron Man 3 taught me that fortune cookies were made up by um, Americans but it might be like a American Japanese American type thing. I, I, All right. I'm willing to believe that Iron Man 3 did not teach me accurate history. I did a YouTube video uh, where I mentioned it in my video on uh, Shinto, on the American, on the Japanese Shinto religion. And I actually, I remember I was living in Toronto at the time. I actually ran out down the street to the Chinese restaurant that was at the quarter. And I just like bought two, like I was like mid filming and I ran out and, gr- and bought 
two fortune cookies for the bit for the role. Oh, nice. Fun stuff. Anyways, um, so some of the reports did say they saw like things moving at high speeds while some saw them moving slowly in a straight line. So again, inconsistent about like how it moved. Some saw claim they saw shell bursts going off in the sky, which was the evidence that there was a battle. But the anti-aircraft guns were 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 doing yeah. that the most part. I'm there, also so. I'm also wondering, and I don't want to like skip ahead if if you're going to bring this up, but I'm also wondering if since it since all of the lights were out, pitch black. I bet you could see the stars really good. So I'm wondering how much I'm wondering if some people may have just seen like shooting stars traveling in straight lines or something like that. I don't know, but well, we'll get into what we will get into a little bit later is there are some things that make light that move fast that are uh, that usually come out at times. Like, say, if you're responding to an air raid, which would be flares. Um, oh, but that's, uh, that's We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but also, yeah, it's like, that's like, it's like, there's a lot of like inconsistencies in everybody's accounts that range from like, mm-hmm. they might've seen a balloon that was moving around to like, I saw 20 Japanese fighter jets to, or not jets, jets that weren't a thing yet, but Japanese fighter planes right. to like, I it saw was a, a UFO. Disc, it was a balloon. It was a, you know, what shape was it? Was it my neighbors playing late night ultimate Frisbee? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And as we saw in our area 51, or sorry, as we saw in our Roswell episode, that sometimes when you have memories of different aspects of the same thing happening at a time in the fullness of time sometimes those things get mished together like if they had seen something like a flare and a weather balloon and the flare was moving really fast and it was a light and you also the balloon that those like things can kind of get meshed together because um perception and memory are subject to bias and can be uh influenced by different factors not just time but also say stress or fear which i imagine a lot of people were experiencing in that moment um a hundred percent to a lot of people, those are probably flashbulb memories, which is a term we use for memories that we have very, very clear uh, recollections of, but are actually the most likely to be inaccurate. <laughs> yes. And yeah. yeah, and and so none of the people who go into trying to explain this as aliens ever really do any serious work to break down how um, valid any of these accounts are, really. That's, that's weird. Normally, they're pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should probably... One of the things you do when you're dealing with eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses can be very useful for a lot of different types of research. Um, mm-hmm. But you do need to like act like a journalist and that you have to cross-reference. Like You can't just take one person's word if you can avoid it. If there's that many eyewitnesses, right. you need to like corroborate. And it seems like these don't corroborate very well. No. Um, then there's also the issue of the physical evidence left over of such a battle, which is that there um, isn't any. Well, it all happened in the sky. So It all happened in the sky, Tristan. There's no, where would the evidence be on the ground? It happened in the sky. So I'd have to go up to the sky to find the evidence. I don't know if you've ever heard of gravity, but um, it tends to take things to the ground. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's see about that one, Isaac Newton. But yes, yeah, despite the fact that a lot of people saw the, uh, all this stuff happen, there's no like physical evidence that it showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, the military reports show that there were basically no aircraft or any objects found. And also that uh, despite the fact that they had seen things on radar earlier, there was no tracking of any objects on radar during this, this event. Yeah. Gotcha. Which also tends to imply there maybe wasn't a physical thing there, uh, or that it wasn't something uh, you know that um, like 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 a UFO, which would have maybe shown up on radar. Okay, all right. I'm well, I'm sure we'll get to it, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the newspaper clipping again. There's a lot of photos of stuff, bullet holes, and the 
lights shining at the sky. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. So like that. And the other thing too, is that there were claims of like people seeing shell bursts going off in the, yes. the skies above Los Angeles. But the thing is that um, those shell bursts would have gone on, gone off at high altitude because they were firing at what they thought would be airplanes. Yeah, uh, in the sky. Yeah, so uh, it also wouldn't have been a thing that they would have been able to see that well either. Um, the only physical evidence we have of anything is like a little bit of shrapnel from the shells used to fire the anti-aircraft guns. Oh, but we knew. But that's not. That's just evidence that 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 it that. Yeah. The anti-aircraft guns shot. Yes. They just, they just did, they did their thing. That's not evidence that there was actually anything that they hit. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's evidence that anti-aircraft guns shot stuff, which people knew because they could hear it and see it. Yes. Okay. So not great evidence. <laughs> no, um, there's really like, their evidence is nothing. There, uh, yeah. It, it would be, it would be equivalent to me being like, I saw a ghost and I got scared and I threw a sh- if I threw my shoe at it. And you're like, well, do you have evidence that there was a ghost? I'm like, yeah, I'm missing a shoe. It's like, that's not, that's not evidence of the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that is evidence that you threw your shoe though. Exactly. And this one wasn't even trying to do insurance fraud. So it's not even a guy wearing a mask or uh, it's not even a hologram a or something. Unbelievable. So one of the major, so basically one of the things we got to point out, and this is like, we got to look at like what actually does fit the evidence of what actually happened. Yeah. And the one that is the most logical explanation or the one at least the government puts forward is that it was a weather balloon. Ah, here they go again. Because apparently the night of the Battle of LA was actually good weather conditions to launch a weather balloon. Okay. And also that uh, a weather balloon is consistent with the sort of um, lack of showing up on radar and also the lack of physical evidence of anything. So a weather balloon fits and also it does corroborate with several of the eyewitness accounts that said they saw something like a balloon or a disc you know, you can imagine that from the ground, a balloon might look like a disc. Yeah. But the, and the other thing, too, is that it could have set off some panic because there was some concern that the Japanese were going to strap bombs onto balloons and sort of drop them over the U.S. that way. I think there actually was a case where that did happen, but I don't know if anybody actually anybody ever got hurt with that. Oh, no. Uh, the other possible explanation is that a lot of what they saw was possibly a flare or that the um, the the anti-aircraft like sort of the the air defense was on high alert because of the false alarm that happened early that night. And okay. that something like a uh, a flare was used during, say, like a, an aircraft training exercise or something like that. And <gasps> that goes set again. off. It's always of- weather balloons and training exercises. <laughs> Because, you know, they were on high alert because, you know, um, they were three months into a war. <laughs> um, yeah, they were three months into the into a war that started three months ago, according to them. Mm-hmm. And the flares would be that the flares would uh, line up with the the visions of seeing something moving erratically and quickly. Mm-hmm. And also it would also line up with there being no radar tracking. So if if it wasn't even a false alarm and it was just like sort of a uh, training exercise, then mm-hmm. that would explain everything they did. Although scaring the bejesus out of the people of LA was probably not the smartest way to do it. So that not way doesn't have the doesn't have a lot of weight to it. I feel like the weather balloon and like overreaction makes a lot more sense to me. But flares could also explain it. Fair enough. The other example 
uh-huh. um, which is a, which is that what what set off the the sort of over alarm was a blimp, a blimp. That's like a balloon. It's mm-hmm. like a disc. I mean, it's not really like a disc, but you know, it's inflatable. Mm-hmm. It can be in the air. It is a balloon. Yep. And uh, most famous would probably be the Goodyear blimp, which was known to fly over that area. Okay. Goodyear. It would be pretty funny if they shot down the air, the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> that would be actually really funny. <laughs> I mean, this happened in February. It's the start of a year. They'd be like, this is actually a bad year for us, huh? What a bad omen. The worst year blimp. <laughs> the worst year blimp. But again, that you know, th- this is the, the, the real answer is that we don't really 100% know because there's no evidence left behind of whatever it was that set off. So we have like eyewitness accounts. We have like reports from yeah. the military, but nothing that really gives us a solid answer as to what it was. So those are just a bunch of possible explanations that require- Possible ideas. But most of the thing is that they require uh, a lot less assumptions than say extraterrestrials somehow made it to Earth and their main thing that they want wanted to do was mess with Los Angeles. It's not as exciting, but they are more consistent with evidence and have a uh, more solid basis in reality, uh-huh. which I feel like uh, gives it some points. Yeah, the they really didn't. Aliens came to Earth to mess with Los Angeles because they really hated the, the famed 19... 19- 41 the 1941 movie that i will look up called oh they hated citizen kane <laughs> that, that that'll do it aliens came to los angeles because they hated citizen kane which came out in 1941 and they said they were they were mad teach- at they were mad at uh at uh they were mad Orson at wells, wells for uh for the for the prank that he played in the 30s and uh they, they, yeah they said that's not how we would do it and then he came, when he did citizen kane they were like and this is the last straw so they came to earth to mess with la just for a little bit the most intense review bombing in history <laughs> and, and like the other thing too is that if this was like if this was like a military cover-up um that would be a little bit like i mean first of all one of the reasons why a military cover-up would make sense at that time like why they were like basically like the question why were they so cagey about saying anything why were they giving this explanation what really sticks out is um wartime censorship main thing u.s in the middle of a war they don't really know what's going on and also if it was like a weather balloon that set off their air defense it would also be an admission that they were sort of uh that they they just uh wasted all of that and they like caused that freak out for no reason uh which which would definitely not be good PR for for the military. A little, embarrassing. a little embarrassing. Yeah. And if it was a UFO and they were just covering it up, the main thing that I always say about conspiracy theories and covers up cover covers up um, yeah, cover ups is that uh, it would take a lot of coordination and cooperation of different agencies and branches of the government for decades without a single leaker. Yeah. Which um, there's this, I got to find this at some point because it's really important for talking about this kind of stuff. There's this yeah. number that people show where uh, that sort of sort of gives always like a lot of the holes in conspiracy theories, which is that like the more people who would need to be involved to make the conspiracy happen increases the chance of somebody leaking it or something getting out like exponentially to the point where like even if you have like, you know, 50, 60 or like 100 people who need to be involved to keep it under wraps. By that point, it's like almost guaranteed that someone's going to find out about it. And that's why every time the U.S. does a real conspiracy theory, like, say, 
I don't know, overthrow the elected leader of Iran to reinstall a monarch dictator or overthrow mm-hmm. the leader of a country trying to do land reform so they can install a dictator to make sure that the profits of a fruit company are preserved. Uh, people find out about it really fast because um, it just like gets to, it gets out. It gets out, you know? What's that saying? Two can keep a secret if the other one's dead? Basically. And if you think about it with like in the case of like, you know, the hundreds of people that would need to be to be like, hey, we discovered extraterrestrial life and we're just not going to tell anybody. Yeah, for, because it's because it'll be f- fun yeah and so you have to think about it like with the evidence in case and again look at context i love context yeah people know this i have a shirt to that effect yeah i have the last uh no no content only context shirt ever made i think i think so just about can't get enough of that context uh the other thing too is that there's this claim that it was like advanced technology but again it would put it way out of whack with anything that had come out at that time and uh like the u.s having advanced technology that they didn't then didn't turn around and use to say win World yeah. War II would have probably been a little weird. And the amount of secrecy wouldn't have been able to keep things secret for long. Like this is America, like at that time, well, maybe not at that time, but during the war, the US did have a secret weapons program. It was the Manhattan Project. And yeah, uh, near the end of the war, President Truman couldn't even keep himself from bragging about his secret nuclear weapons program. He, want, he to, wanted everyone to know about it. Yeah, he tried to use it to uh, intimidate people at, uh, I want to say, the Yalta conference near the end of the war, where he basically was like, hey, don't mess with us. We'll nuke you now. Yeah, we got big bombs. Mm-hmm. A terrible weapon, as you would say. That also shows up in my Shinto video, because um, because when the US used a nuclear weapon on the Japanese people, uh, part of their unconditional surrender was they had to force uh, the emperor to say on the radio that he was a human being and not a god incarnate, which was a little wild for a religion. Yeah, man, American the American occupation History. of Japan was a whole thing. Yeah. But it, it does seem like the main the main thrust in that is that if they did have some sort of advanced technology that they were hiding, that maybe it would have been used to win they World War II at some it. point. Or that we yeah. would have found out about it by now because they would have implemented it in something. They just really like those big bombs. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, the there's a lot of fear. And there, like You have to also know that like why would something like this happen? And also that, that tensions were extremely high. Um, yeah. The Battle of LA incident happened only a few months. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, like uh, three months? No, mm-hmm. two months after um, Pearl Harbor. Uh, an event mm. that famously freaked the shit out of a lot of Americans. Um, yeah. There's a lot of paranoia on the West Coast about an air raid. And the attack on Pearl Harbor showed that the Japanese were, in fact, capable of striking U.S. targets. And so they thought that, you know, L.A., a major city on the American West Coast would be one of those targets um, and that there had been a false a false uh, a false report earlier that night, which would have put a lot of people on high alert. So, you know, hair triggers and such like that. And it happened at night, which makes it also harder to see and like perceive things correctly. So famously, what people would have seen at night and in the dark during a high stress situation is harder to really credibly report later. Yeah. Hence why there were also, uh, you know, people claiming they saw tons of airplanes and saw all sorts of stuff. We got to ask the cats. The cats (laughs) have better night vision. Ask their cats. Show them pictures of aliens and then show them pictures of weather balloons and see which one they respond to more. Oh my goodness. Cat research. Do it. I found out that, um, all those cats are dead now. Yeah. (laughs) All of them are dead. dead. Um, 
I actually remember here. My my wife is a psychologist, and one of the things that they have to have they have problems with is that they do a lot of animal psychology tests. Mm-hmm. I know because um, at my wife's office they had like a doggy daycare where the they, the people who had dogs would drop them off at the doggy daycare where yeah. the psychologist would do experiments like psychological experiments on the dogs. Okay, not like mean ones, but like testing no, 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 like no, the yeah. cognitive ability of dogs. Sure. Um, Apparently, there is an issue with doing these kinds of tests on cats because cats are just completely non-cooperative. That makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> that checks out. So there's cats actually are like I am. <laughs> I have my own stuff I'm actually working on right now, so we can do this later. Yeah, so it's like really hard to do sort of animal psychology tests on cats because they just they they just won't go along with whatever. Cats it is you always want to do. do feel like they have something else on their agenda that day. Yeah, they're busy. and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. cats always seem busy, and then they just sleep. And you're just like, what do you have on your calendar today? And they're like, I can't. It's I'm I'm going through some stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that the fear and paranoia and the sort of bad conditions for for pointing things out and the cagey response of the government, all that kind of stuff together is making me conclude that that like a lot of these claims really don't hold a lot of water to me. Mm. Now, that would be wild. But you know what isn't wild? What isn't wild? The great, great prices and and. <laughs> wonderful content at nebula.tv slash probably not aliens here we are not being sponsored by nebula we just are a part of nebula and we want you to listen to our show on there because here's the deal when you listen to our show on nebula you get the the next episode a full week early yeah so if you're listening to this now you can listen if you listen to this now and you're like oh man i want that foo fighters episode you can listen to it right now it's on nebula literally Nebula are listening to that instead of this they're listening to don't you want to be one of them don't you want to be cool (laughs) the cool kids <laughs> Pure no, it helps out it helps out the show and you know we we've talked about this before but this we we currently make no money on this show um and it would just help us out if we could at some point in fact and with so, hosting and editors i think we've made negative money <laughs> we've made negative a lot of money on this podcast <laughs> but uh but we like doing it and if you like the show and you have a couple bucks you want to throw to help support the show uh well, there's a link in the description that we'll throw in there what's the link what's the it's proper nebula.tv slash probably not aliens and if you sign up for that not only do you get the early episodes but you also get a giant catalog of a bunch of amazing videos from a bunch of creators that are uh, great, including the two of us, but also we're on. I know our audience. It's a lot of people you like. Trust me. It is. It's a lot of people that you're that you like or are you are going to like. So mm-hmm. there you go. So that's nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. And now, yeah, uh, let's let's sort of let's sort of wrap up. Uh, let's wrap up. So like, all right. So you've got me here. Eyewitnesses, not very reliable. We've sort of covered that before. There's all sorts of other reasons why, uh, you know, why these strange events may have happened. Um, but you were mentioning like you're mentioning context earlier and I'm a sucker for context. So yeah. like what's what would be like So I think that a lot of this would show that um, people can be very easily uh, can have their memories get weird by them being exposed to a high stress situation or uh, something that is in a context of high paranoia. You know, there is all emotions and tension were very high at this event, and that can cause a lot of warping of memory. Second of all, 
there's also always this desire. I kind of talked about like, uh, don't over, don't underestimate the power of uh, of you know of confirmation bias. If you mm-hmm. want something to be true, you will be able to uh, find the data to show it. And if you want something to be true, your memory can also change to uh, fit with what you want to be true. Like yeah. that, memory is like that. And eventually, if you do that enough times, you believe it yourself because it turns out our memory is bad like really bad it's Uh, pretty bad yeah uh and so this this shows that when you do things like this the important thing about working because i i am a firm believer that oral sources and oral history and eyewitness accounts are valuable so i'm not trying to throw these out but absolutely there is a right way to do it and it is tricky it's 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 more work because you have to corroborate you have to verify cross-reference with evidence and build your case not just take the words of a few people that's why the work of journalism is so hard and why the work of a lot of historians is so hard. You need to be doing this stuff. And in doing so, you have to be skeptical and you have to follow the evidence where it leads. And if you have any sort of inscrupulous, uh, you know, desired outcome instead of, you know, just looking at it as it is, you're going to come up with, you're going to make these kinds of connections. Absolutely. And like, and just to like add to the, the point of how bad our memory are sometimes Tristan and I will press record to do this podcast and then we'll start talking and we'll forget that we're recording a podcast and then we'll we'll do an entire 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of each episode where we're just we're just talking we're just Mm -hmm. hanging out as friends and then we'll suddenly snap into oh that's right we've been recording this whole time it happens every single week somehow yeah and it's not planned and it's not a bit that we do it's real and you can't prove otherwise not, it's not, that's not even that bad. That's not even not not even cap. Like I feel like sometimes we the because we talk for a while before we start recording. We do, yeah, and then, we talk. But the line for, for it, a while. But the line between those two actually can get a little messy. And sometimes I'm like, oh, did we talk about that before? I, I, Anyways, the other thing, too, is that uh, media and the way that uh, things are written about or shown can also affect our memories, even if they're first person memories of that event. And that also is a big thing, because uh, one thing I am sitting on is that that photo that you showed that I showed you. Yeah, um, with the lights and everything. Yeah, it's um the it's a uh, it's it's it is a real photo of the Battle of L.A., but it has been photoshopped. Um, they did photoshop it Aww. to make the UFO part of it more prominent. And one group that did that, one thing that did Uh-oh. that. Uh-huh. Uh, and published that photo uh-huh. was as promotional material for the 2011 oh, no. film <laughs> Battle oh, of LA. No, we're back, baby. Aaron Eckhart got me. And he got me with that with his with his charming smile and his fully formed two halves of his face after he was done filming Batman. <sighs> I can't trust anyone anymore. I thought I could trust Aaron Eckhart, but apparently I can't. I was trying to think of a line of Two Face in that movie. Um, he 50, says, 50. Catch, Two Face said, catch you on the flip side, Batman. And he flipped a coin. And then it was awesome. And he really should say that in something. Two Face should be like, catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side, my, my baby. Fi- I forgot that my favorite um, little Batman thing about Two Face, while we're just on the Two Face tangent. Yeah. Is, we've already forgotten we're yeah. recording a podcast. Right? I, 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 the pot, the, there was a comic where like they were trying to do therapy on uh, Harvey Dent to get, because like his whole thing is that he has brain damage and he can't actually make decisions anymore. That's why he flips his coin, right? 
Right, yeah. Uh, and so what they were trying to do is to work him to be able to make more decisions. They were giving him like more and more sided dice so that he could think of oh. more possible decisions to make. I think okay. it was um, the Arkham Asylum comic that was like painted. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Now, how is with with him using dice? Is that going to get in the way of the um, of all of, of the open gaming? No, open gaming license. There we go. We got it in. My hyperfixation for the last week, the open gaming license and Dungeons and Dragons. We can't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, Everyone, yeah, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to follow up with what we're what's going on in the world of this podcast, uh, you can go to at Probs Not Aliens on Twitter, where we post when new episodes come out and we post uh, we, we post pictures and we retweet all the fan art and everything like that. Um, yeah. Scott, though. If yes. I wanted to watch a uh, a fun about how a, uh, a film from a studio that famously makes fun and cute movies yes. for young people uh, actually shows the depths of how the creative drive can not only hurt you, but those around you in yeah. a sort of bittersweet way that is heart wrenching. Uh, where would I want to where would I find content of that very that specific so, type of taste? That is so specific, Tristan, but I, ha- I you are in luck. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C, all one word. Uh, and I just put out uh, a very long video essay about a Studio Ghibli film called Whisper of the Heart. And I did it with my partner, Emily, uh, who also wrote a lot of parts of it and is in it. And it, it's, it's just a movie or it's just a it's a video that we made about being creative individuals in a relationship, much like the main characters of that movie. And we put a lot of ourselves into it. And we're glad that the response has been good. Uh, even though YouTube does not want to promote it, they don't like it. They say it's not a good video, but people say it's a good video. So I, I appreciate that. Um, and Tristan, where can, where can people find more, more stuff that's the exact opposite? That's the exact polar opposite of what I do. That and is- it's, and it's, and it would be videos that are. It's a video where I make fun of nerds. Uh, <laughs> Where I talk about how nerds are lame, and I, I beat them, yeah. I, I give them swirlies. Uh, now I I, I I run a YouTube channel called Step Back, which is all about uh, basically talking about the past and why the past is important for understanding the present. If you're listening to this uh, and my and everything has gone according to plan, uh, you should be able to see a video on the topic of uh, the the video is called "There Have Always Been Trans People," and it talks about how tra- as long as there has been gender, there has been transgender people. Uh, going to the point where uh, we have evidence of trans people existing at a time when there were still mammoths. So, oh, Egyptian trans people? Uh, sort of like uh, Neolithic gotcha. trans people. Uh, but but as far as this podcast goes, if you want to help get this podcast uh, you know, yes. into more people's earballs, you can go uh, and review this on your podcast app of choice, whatever that is. Uh, trust me, it helps. Now there are algorithms and ratings sort of help these uh, people find. Oh my this gosh, show. it helps so much! It helps so much. And we pointed out last week, you don't even have to write a long review if you don't want to. Here's one that just says it so fun, and it the full review is love it so informative and fun, and that's all you have to write. And there are people most people do write longer stuff. Here's one that just says great podcast. And the review is great podcast. And that's all we're asking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do want to write longer reviews, we I do read. 
read them and they are very nice. And uh, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if you want to share this show, you can do so at a very simple website, probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to everything, uh, all the places where you can listen to this show, all of our social media. You know, we plug Twitter. I'm not on there very much, but, you know, I'm trying to get better at maybe Instagram. I don't know. Instagram for podcasts. We'll see how that goes. Instagram podcast. That sounds like the pitch for like some sort of Silicon Valley mess. <laughs> it's, it's the Instagram of podcasts. Um, but keep in mind that this podcast really does well because people are sharing it with their friends and telling other yes. people about it. So probsandaliensplace.com is the place to send people. But um, telling people about this show really does help. Very much so. And until next time, my name is Scott Nicewater. I'm Tristan Johnson. And the truth is out there. Probably. That's what one of those cats would say. The cats that saw the battle LA, they would they, they would be purring. They'd, they'd say probably. probably.